Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more programs, visit BrumRadio.com. Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Joining me this week, Mr. Philippus. Hello, hello, hello. Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, sir. And Mr. Guy Halford is here for a short time. Yeah, it's stopping you. He's got a date with the Tesco man. He's got his coat on, it's zipped up, he's ready to leave. And like you, he's heard biscuits are waiting. You geeks are talking about Star Trek. Ugh. I'm not stopping. Sorry on this geek slash pop culture show we've been doing for the last two and a half years. We're going to talk about geek slash pop culture. I mean, like, yeah. like, like everything's great, but no, I'm drawing the line at Star Trek. Guy's got to get Star Trek's drawing the line at you. <laughs> for, his, for his wagon wheels and roller cola. See, keep... Hang on, no one eats a wagon wheel. They're like a, they're like a nan chocolate bar. They are a nan chocolate bar. They're like what your nan gives you when she's gone down to the supermarket it's in chocolate bars. And it's never the sort with jam in. Yeah, it's always a nan That was always so confusing because the red wrapper was the plain one and it was the blue one had the jam. But jam's red. I that, know. honestly, that blagged my head so much when I was little. I know the real reason that guy doesn't like Star Trek. Why? Because he must have auditioned for a Klingon. I said, no, you're too angry. That's not believable. You're too aggressive. You're too warlike. Your hair's too savage. <laughs> I don't get that reference. Keith does. We're fine. <laughs> Keith gets that reference. <laughs> right, moving along with weird news. We'll just jump straight to it. Keith Iden, Keith Iden, Keith Iden. Uh, we've got his Omnicord. We've got your Omnicord again. Oh, yeah, okay. Weird news is made of this. Who am I to disagree? I click on the links and I wish I hadn't. Lion's gonna read us something unbelievable. You're uh, weird news. Time. Clutching a bit towards the end there. A little I know. Bit. I struggled then. I, I was all right to be. So, Definitely like the no, no, broken. <laughs> lost it a little bit. Right. We've got our three stories for the week. First one's the metro. Oh. Quality journalism. Toilet paper. So it's usual, choose which one you want out of these. Man shoves lowest crabs down his trousers in order to steal them from restaurant. Again, let's hear that headline again. Man steals live crabs down his trousers to steal them from a restaurant. Okay. Second one, Texas woman gets arrested for marijuana, takes mugshot, gets requests for makeup tips. Oh, I've seen this on Twitter. <laughs> and that's from Fox Free her, we need a tutorial. <laughs> yes. And this is from thetakeout.com. Employees of a UK Burger King will hear Toto's Africa 108 times today. <laughs> oh, that's not the worst thing that Burger King employees have got to put up with. So, I was yeah. say, I've listened to that song twice today just off my own volition. <laughs> I feel like that, that song has become like the, a hipster thing. Like It's become the song of the internet. Yeah. The, right. Shall like, we start off with Toto then? They have as, other... as we're already jumping into it. Yeah, have, like, yeah, let's do Toto. Better songs. So this no, is from Kate Bono. Rosanna. She has a little picture next to her fake name, so I'm assuming she's a real person. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let it, I'll, I'll let it go. And the picture below it is just a generic Burger King frontage, and the guy from Toto. Fair. Who looks like he should have? He's escaped from an episode of Love Joy in that picture. Hey, he looks like a Lord of the Rings extra. Yes. A UK Burger King location will continually bless the rains down in Africa today as it plays Toto's earworm Africa through its speakers on a constant loop. 
All day, seriously. Why? The Camden Town Burger King will play the 1982 epic as a result of a Twitter contest. Burger King tweeted it would play the song on loop if the treat received more than a thousand retweets. It ended up with 6,600 and counting. Toto itself is on board, naturally. And they tweeted, does this come with fries? I, I does what come with fries? The song. That's not a <laughs> joke. That's not a funny thing. How can a song, which is an intangible audible experience come with fries a song doesn't come with anything <laughs> like oh my god Mr. Toto needs to work on his patter because that's terrible I feel like this is kind of like cruel on the employees yes like, they're going to be like singing that in their sleep for the rest of their yes. lives it's just the latest in a resurgent wave for the anthemic song which was recently covered Ugh. by Weezer Weezer Weezer. 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 That famous band, Weezer. Toto apparently responded with its own cover of Weezer's Hashpipe. No one should ever cover Weezer. Weezer need to stop being Weezer after Buddy Holly. Yes. You know who might not be on board with the song's newfound repopularity, though? The pitiable Camden Town Burger King employees. Depending on which version of Africa is played, the album version is 4 minutes 55, with the radio edit is 4 minutes 21. And accounting for five seconds between each playing, a Burger King employee on an eight-hour shift will hear the song either 96 times for the album version or 108 and a quarter times for the radio-edited version. You know that when someone's turning to sums, they're just trying to pad out that workout. Either way, our thoughts and prayers are with them at this difficult time. I mean, the whole concept of the fact that this is a thing that happened is ridiculous. Just serve burgers, just serve food, get people in and out. Don't try and impress them by playing Dumb song over and over and over. Just do what you're supposed to do. You know what plays absolute bangers? Prep. Their, <laughs> their music is always so good. You'll be there, and all of a sudden you'll be like, just getting I Feel Love by Donna Summer. Oh, just nice. while, you're, while, while you're eating your bang bang chicken. It's incredible. Yeah. About the I, author. Kate Bernot is associate editor at The Takeout and a certified beer judge. Good for her. Yeah, well done. Keith, what were you going to say? I, I obviously don't eat out enough. Because, like... <laughs> I don't even notice when people... But the only places I remember playing music are pubs and bars. I don't remember any fast food restaurants playing music. There is comments on the article, but I'm really not going to delve into them. I want to hear about the crabs now. (laughs) Yeah, I want to know what kind of trousers he's wearing, because a lot of guys I know wouldn't have room. And two popular, newest or oldest. What? On the sort by rankings. Popular, newest or oldest. Uh, Uh, Popular. Popular. This is from Vinyl Rape. Weezer's take on Africa is one of the biggest whys ever. I mean, it's a respectful and faithful to the original cover, but it doesn't bring anything new or interesting to I the song. I don't care what this person has to say. Unless Weezer is looking to shift their career directory to becoming a Toto tribute band, there really is no good reason answer why they covered the song. There's no good At re- least in the way they did. But there's no good reason why that person took the time to write that comment. Yes. This is what I think. Who who writes comments? Have you have you guys ever left a comment? On no, the internet. Probably on the IMD message boards years ago. <laughs> in the no. last like ten years. No. No. Who does it? Except Who on Discogs, maybe, with Give Me My Record. Yeah, pretty much yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Outside of the soundtrack to Dune and Africa, can anybody name any other Toto songs? George Rosanna. Georgie Porgy, Hold the oh, Line. Yeah. Isn't that just Hold the to- Line? Isn't the that best. just Africa with the word Rosanna put in instead of Africa? Dun, dun, I think Hold dun, dun, dun. the Line is the best song that they've done. I mean, like, I've, got, I've got four. I ain't got anything else. I mean, my favourite is um, it's when there's the video of the dog that's dancing to Africa on the internet. That's that's my favourite. A load in the great said, I have had worst one day at the grocery store I worked and the music got stuck all day in a five minute loop that included only Tina Turner's Private Dancer and the intro but not the words to Sweet Caroline. Yeah. 
you be oh my god that's like a state of permanent like suspense you, you never get you never get that sweet release I have to say private dancer now that is a that slaps the, the follow up quote comment was I may have hallucinated and I certainly didn't trust myself with a deli slicer at the end of the day I cannot listen to that song anymore without having flashbacks that person thinks they're funnier than they actually are I didn't know that Tina Turner song where after listening to it I can't even imagine in capitals sax solo is this music being piped in from some, some kind of remote kind of yeah. other place surely somebody after like 10 minutes would go Oh, this is rubbish. Let's turn it off. Basically, when you like work in a shop, like now, like you basically like a lot of places have their own radio station that comes out and uh, basically be like Super Drug FM and um, oh, look, and Super Drug FM does songs, but it's never by it's the original covers, artist. Yeah, it's always covers because covers. then they don't have to like pay as much. I used to work at Maplin, and I can talk about this because the trade chain is now defunct. At Christmas time, which started on the 31st of August, every year guaranteed, 31st of August, we had two Christmas albums in our two CD changer, which were on repeat until the 31st of January. Oh. Oh. Wait, so you played Christmas songs all through January? Because they thought the January sale was an extension of Christmas, so they played Christmas songs to keep it the... January, in January to play at the Christmas period. It's no wonder they went out of business if these are the kind of decisions they're making. <laughs> no, they went out of business because people turn up and buy one resistor and then leave. Like for 12p. I've heard this song before. I'm only buying one resistor. <laughs> See ya. You had one customer who's trying to build his own motherboard. You see, that's where Amazon are missing out. Amazon should have one of these, uh, the website now, when you go to Amazon, it should just play music randomly. Oh my you. god, like old MySpace profiles. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't stop oh it. Yeah. What was yours? I never had a MySpace. Probably like something like by Swade or something like mine, that. Mine was Queen's The Stone Age. It was when I was in my deep emo period. Mine was Rehab by Amy Winehouse. See, I because I have never not been on brand. Keith was a uh, fucking the time when you decided to I never had a MySpace. I didn't have a MySpace profile. Keith was Debussy. <laughs> Keith, Keith was just there with a vinyl player and hot a picture of himself. Claire Deloon. That's how I was playing. Good. Just a hand-cranked one. <laughs> <laughs> a little HMV dog. I just did it live. <laughs> Which one of the other two stories do you want to write? Crabs, crabs, crabs. Crabman. 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 Stuffs the crabs down his trousers he can to get out of the shop before he gets caught by the big bouncer. His shorts are too tight. Oh no, the crabs have nipped his bits off. The crabs have nipped his bits off. The crabs have nipped his bits off. He's no longer the crab man. What just happened? <laughs> just... Are you finished? <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. I need my meds. I, I feel like I'm on glue. <laughs> it's because he's had some quarterback crisps that may snack. Uh, <laughs> too many E-numbers. From metro.co.uk, man shoves live crabs down his trousers to steal them from restaurant. Author... Bradley Jolly. No. Oh. <laughs> no. He sounds like a 70s entertainer who would turn out to be a real... <laughs> Come and see me at the end Geeky of the Billy. pier show. Geeky Drury does not endorse or acknowledge any of the... Touch the, the end of my pier. Operation U-Tree is... Come backstage after the concert, lads. Oh. I'll give you a special sports. preview. Oh, <laughs> This is Brendan Jolly. Come and get some Jolly from Brendan. <laughs> Bradley. 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 Brendan's my brother. Why is he come from Bolton? <laughs> Glad- gladly, Bradley. A cheeky oh, diner was God. caught on camera shoving live crabs down his trousers in a desperate bid to steal them from a seafood restaurant. 
Police identified the brazen suspect only by his surname, Yao. Ah! Yao! And, it's, and he sneaked into the restaurant before it even opened for lunch last week. But the CCTV footage captured the 58-year-old father to reach into the water and nab five crabs. Five! Do you want to see the video? Uh, yes. He places them into a plastic bag and shoves a lot down his trousers. So he wasn't just free-balling these crabs. To what, to what end, though? What was his design for these crabs? What did he have planned with them? A design oh, yeah. for lunch, I assume. That video showed nothing. That was there's no evidence on that video. Does, does he realise with a bit of fish line and some bacon he can do this for free at the end of Chroma Pier? Peace. Well, it's from Fujian, East China, so I don't think that's close to the end of the pier. There. Anyway, he was arrested in his home hours later. Yao told officers he thought the crabs looked pretty and wanted to keep them as pets. Oh my god. Oh, had he mistaken them for a dog? But the furious restaurant owner had bought the crustaceans that day and planned to cook them later in the afternoon. I mean, so, so like, good for him, he saves my lives. I'm happy with this. Incredibly, Yao confessed he'd stolen six crabs and a set of cutlery from the same restaurant in January and he was not caught. He believed he would get away with the latest offence. Why did he get away? Why did he steal cutlery? The dad was arrested for other thefts in 2016 and 2017. It is unclear that what, st- what punishment Yao or Fujian will receive. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a chat with learning difficulties, doesn't it? Oh, I thought you talking made it all serious. Well, I'm sorry, he goes into a restaurant and thinks, oh, that looks like a nice animal, I want to keep as a pet. An animal <laughs> activist. I've found a better related news story, which I don't understand oh, how this God. is related. Is it, it's not about, like, like poo jogging, is it? Or whatever no. we were last week. Teenager scarred with Shalom Jackie on her arm after getting black henna tattoo. Aha! Oh. And this is from Richard Hartley Parkinson. Good, good solid doll arrow there, yeah? A teenager has the word Shalom Jackie burned into her <laughs> arm after getting a black henna tattoo whilst on holiday in Zanti. Beth Fitzsimmons, 18, was on a group of around 50 people on holiday in Greece, and they amused themselves by shouting the phrase from Friday Night Donut... Friday night Friday dinner. Night <laughs> Friday That's night a show dinner. I'd watch. It's when, it's when you want a kebab after going out clubbing. You have to wait till 10 o'clock for it to come on your uh, telly. Yes. They decided to get the tattoos to a random family they met on the street. By a random family they met on the street. What? She's now been told it takes six months for the scarring to go down. Do you want a picture of the tattoo? Oh my god, like, that's not even good handwriting. No. I mean, that's pretty tragic, really. I mean, this has gone beyond weird, hasn't it, really? Beth this isn't weird, this is dumbass news. <laughs> Beth from South Wales, Nottinghamshire, said it's just one of those phrases that people were shouting. My friends and I thought it'd be really funny, so we went on the third night of the holiday after going out, we decided to get it done. We were on a night out, but I didn't really drink, so I was sober when I did it. That makes it even worse. I mean, they, they sound like a rogue barrel after being with us. Oh my God, we're so random. Oh, Sean, Jackie! But like honestly, shouting quotes from TV shows at each other is like the lowest form of pretending to have a personality. We I are... get that reference. Yes. It was done by a random family in the street. The mum and dad were doing them. We woke up the next day and thought it was hilarious. We sent pictures to our parents and they were like, this better not be permanent. <laughs> it was absolutely oh God, fine. It was absolutely fine until about eight days later when it was so itchy and it felt like it was burning. It was is, that, like, is that still the tattoo she's on about? <laughs> that, that's because black henna is poisonous. It was so red it was all raised up. Now it looks a little bit like eczema and it's very dry. <laughs> I went to the pharmacy about a week after I got home and they didn't have a clue. It was there on Thursday and I, if it was there, and they said if it's still there by Sunday, go to the walk-in centre. I thought that was extreme so I saw the doctor on Monday instead. <laughs> 
I said that I was probably overreacting what I would need to know if it was going to scar permanently because when I looked at it, it said they need to be treated for chemical burns. So I was worried it would scar forever. <laughs> I'm just wondering if the next time I watch All the President's Men, I'm going to think that they were looking at that story and went, should we go with this one? About, you know, this really, this really interesting story. Or should we go about this one of some idiot that's got something Look ridiculous tattooed on their arm? On how is this even news? Story goes on for hours. Uh, I think they get paid by the word for this. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the mugshot, or should we just leave it there? I, I, th- I think, I think we're. we're I mean, right I mean, it's good makeup. It is. She, it is. she looks and good. What I love is this. Um, so this was spotted on um, a Twitter account called uh, Mugshot Bay, yes. and it's just like they, and they all they do is post the photo of the woman in the mugshot, and then they post the charges. So people are now trying to get her released from her marijuana charges so that she can basically become like a YouTube makeup superstar. And you know what? If the hot guy from the mugshot can end up with the Topshop heiress, why not? Why not? But what if she learned how to do her makeup from somebody else who's already doing <laughs> tutorials on YouTube? Well, she's out on them and she's got yeah. a, a more interesting... And that's story. not a mugshot anyway because really, I have never seen a mugshot that makes anybody look good at all, <laughs> ever, in the history of mugshots. Why are you spending time looking at mugshots? <laughs> <laughs> that's where he's been. <laughs> because often mugshots are, are like part and parcel of, you know, uh, documentaries about crime. I like the, rela- of them about. the related story to this one is that Meghan Markle's royal wedding makeup artist said Prince Harry thanked him for making her look like herself. Who cares? Who cares? Oh She's my God. Whoever wrote that headline needs to like quit their job, go to India for a month and have a really good hard think. <laughs> or get Phil to men- mentor them on the actual <laughs> reasons to be a journalist. So it being sport a little bit with Star Trek news over the last few weeks. To start us off, Star Trek Discovery is returning to Star Trek Discovery 2 is returning to. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. So we've had the announcement of Captain Pike will be joining the crew. I I just want Captain Saru. That's what I want on this show. It, it feels like it's been taken away from him, doesn't so it? So many it's times. Like swiped away. It's like... If you're not going to give it to Sonequa Martin-Green, give it to Saru. I, I'm, I remember seeing a press still for the season one finale, and it was Admiral Cornwell in the mm-hmm. captain's chair. And I was like, actually, you know what, I'd, I'd be into that as well. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting just because obviously Christopher Pike is a character that has existed in the Star Trek world you know, from the very beginning. So it'll be interesting to see um, you know, more of that character beyond the one episode that he was actually in. Yeah. So, uh, Anson Mount, who was last Black Bolt in the Inhumans TV series, which didn't Which is the lesser said. The short-lived the Marvel Inhumans show. short-lived Marvel Inhumans show. But um, he seems to be a good pick, I think, for Pike. He's got that kind of feel. It feels more like the movie version of Pike that we've had rather than the original Christopher Pike. He kind of looks a little bit like Bruce Greenwood as well from yeah. the, the reboot series. It's mm-hmm. kind of... I kind of like the the, cost, the uniform changes that they've got. For yeah, the Enterprise crew. That's kind of cool. Well, it gives that discovery that different feel now. It's like it's yeah. concurrent now. So we have like yeah. everybody else in the classic uniform, but because the discovery is a black ops ship, that's why they're in a different uniform. That kind of gives it that makes sense because they were trying to like I think for the first series, it's trying to be in between Enterprise and the original series, and it didn't really work. We've got all new showrunners as well this um, season, which could be quite interesting. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Alex Kurtzman's back for writing a few episodes, I think, and yeah. directing some. And Jonathan Frakes will be directing a couple of episodes. As nice. Is, as, of course. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get Jonathan Frakes into a couple of episodes. Uh, big news as well. Wilson Cruz is back as a main character See, this time. This And this is what's confusing me, because if all it is, is we're getting an entire season of Anthony Rapp, like, basically talking to his invisible dead husband because he's still... Like connected to him through the yeah. mycelial, you know, magic or whatever it was. Yeah, that's going to get old very quickly. But then we would do it, have the parallel universe thing. So we do. So is it? Yeah, is it going to be a mirror universe version of him? Um, I mean, the thing is, it's Star Trek, so anything is possible. I'm just going to be very interested to see how they bring that character back without making it a huge cheat. Mm-hmm. Twin brother. <laughs> uh, that sorts that. But yeah, I mean, it's great to see him back. Um, he, he was one of my favourite performances in the first series. The, the dynamic between the two of them, um, I really, yeah. really did like. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, if, yeah, if them bringing it back means that you know they're kind of undoing the fact that the very first uh, queer character of colour got murdered, yeah. I would be into that because that was just a, not a good look. I mean, another notable guest who's going to be turning up is Rebecca Romjin, and all her cat list is is as number one. Yeah, she's, oh, she's playing yeah. the uh, Marshall uh, Barrett yeah. um, character from the Enterprise, yeah. But they haven't really described her as that, they're just called her number one. But, I mean, if you know anything about Star Trek, you're going to jump to that assumption that yeah. this is the character that appears in the kind of the very first pilot for Star Trek mm-hmm. that got rolled into the Cage episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she looks the part. She's, she's a, a statuesque mm-hmm. lady. It'd be, it'd be good. I think... More female characters, the better. The, you know, get get. Let's get some more female leads in. I mean, one noticeable one is they made no mention of Harry Mudd returning this season. Yeah, I think. Also. I mean, he doesn't need to. It was a nice connection to the original series. I think that Rain Wilson did a fine job. It was uh, a the, different the, Harry Mudd. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the time loop episode was great, but then I mean. For all we know, that episode ended with him being killed off, and yeah. there's all, there's all, they can always find ways to bring him back if they want to. But I think as a one-off character, you don't really want them um, sort of you know wearing running that into the ground. Mm-hmm. I think I think he had what was it a two or three episode arc on season one. Yeah. I think that's fine. Maybe bring him back later, but I, I I'm more interested in um, Tig Notaro as a guest star. Yes, I was going to say Jet Reno is her character name. She, just the the two lines she had on in the trailer, I just got yeah. so excited because she's she's really really funny and wonderful in real life, and I just I I I, I, and I it yeah. reminds you that you know nineties track had all kinds of huge for its day guest stars. Yeah. Um. So it's nice, you know. I mean, like, Iggy I mean, Pop was in Deep Space Nine. Mick Fleetwood was in TNG. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 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 interested to, to see I mean and the, and the trailer just got me very excited yeah. because the moment the Lenny Kravitz kicked in I was I was sold it <laughs> sent my endorphins into warp I mean the, the one quite interesting thing from, from the listing page on Wikipedia so I don't know how trustful this is but Shazad Latif is listed as both Vok and Ash Taylor in this one so he'll be coming back then because he he so left at the end of season one sounds like yeah, yeah he's going to be coming um, yeah whether he plays dual roles again yeah possibly um, could work I just hope they don't get bogged down in trying to kind of rationalise where it all sits in the Star Trek um, kind of chronology and just go, yeah, it's Star Trek, we got the Enterprise, we got Discovery, let's just tell some yeah. cool stories. I, I'm not interested particularly in them, them trying to shoehorn this into the existing continuity, just like yeah. what I, I the, the one thing about the season one finale when it ends with them encountering the Enterprise, I was like, 
No, I don't want that. It was it was enough to know that she um, that Michael Burnham was raised by Sarek, that her foster sibling was Spock. That's all we need. We don't, I don't want to I don't want to meet Spock in this because it's going to be yet another actor playing him. I imagine yeah. um, we don't need it. We know that it takes place in this expanded universe. Let's focus on these characters and tell new stories. If you want to see Spock, you know I'm sure that Zachary Quinto will be playing him in the movies again at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, the movies are actually in a little bit of trouble at the minute uh, because I believe Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth are have, not uh, returning. Yes, have have well they they're in 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 a salary movie. negotiation yes. withdrawal at the moment. Yes. So it's basically uh, right. the first three films they were all contracted and signed up for, it, apart from Chris Hemsworth's. So Chris Pine's like, oh, I've done my three films now. Um, bit more cash, please, basically. Yeah. And like Chris Evans was like, well, I'm actually an A-lister now, so yeah, again, yeah, like he, give me the, some the, the five-minute scene he had in Star Trek One. Yeah. Since then, he's become one of the biggest stars on the planet. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just defining it off the fact that Beyond wasn't a box office smash is a little churlish. Really. I mean, they've not made a single J.J. Abrams and Co. have not made a Star Trek film that's felt like Star Trek. It's that they they it they're just not. And if they ditch the movies and just focus on the TV shows, that's that's where the heart of it is. You know, having exploration. It doesn't. It's not all about having you know big big action. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to wait a few years and have Star Trek Discovery the movie. Yeah, yeah that that would work for me. Yeah. everyone because everyone in that show is a star in the making. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Doug Jones has been in more films than I could list on a visa paper probably. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of the best character actors ever. I mean. Development has been rocky. I think they went so far over budget on the first episode they had to cut the budget on the remaining 12. So I'm mm. expecting a big... Pretty much it's going to be a cinematic-style first episode, I think, with this one. But, I mean, that was what I liked about um, the premiere of season one. It was that big two-parter, and it did feel like an event in, in much the same way that um, something like Best of Both Worlds back in, you know, way back yeah. in the day felt like... And they had to wait for season four... Four or five for that one, I think. Four was the end of season three. Yeah. Start of season yeah. four, yeah. But um, season, I mean, it's, I mean, and this is the, thing, the bonkers thing is, uh, season one was what 12, 13 episodes long, yeah. and it still felt that there were so many huge iconic moments in just that short run. So there's, they, they, I mean, even the, the mirror universe flip halfway through the season. I think yeah. nobody was expecting that. That came completely out of left field. It was, um, yeah, and, and, and I think it's, it's they had the benefit of you know they're making Star Trek in. Uh, a different landscape where make, making TV is just, you know, there's there's more resources and there's more expectations, but they've, they've got, they're able to tell um, different kinds of stories and, and, and tell much more stylish, visually stunning stories than, you know, sort of the Deep Space Nine and Voyager in the 90s did. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. I think there's something, that I, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Sylvia Tilly again, because she was just, for me, the encapsulation of what Star Trek is that character that sort of she's optimistic but she's not naive you know she's she's, she's questioning she she's no intelligent more, yeah. but she's also very strong and, and tough and I I, I I love the friendship between her and Michael and, and also the kind of sibling relationship she had uh, that Michael has with Saru and I want to I want to learn more about the bridge crew like their names maybe you know yeah. that was the thing about the trailer that I liked because towards the end of season one when Saru was captain he was referring to everybody by their names and they started to become characters in their own right. And in the trailer, you've got a little bit more of that kind of like, it's a crew again and not just 
the main leads doing their thing. I mean, that, the, that two was women, very... the two women at the helm, yeah. like sort of talking. That made me, yeah, really, yeah I really enjoyed I mean, that. That was the thing with the first season. It was very much Lorca's crew, and it's kind of everybody's expendable, which we mm. had from the head of security in the first episode. It was just she's gone. Yeah, I wonder a little bit if the change or what changes happen in season two of Discovery have come about as a result of how well the Orville did Star Trek, mm. because from the get go, their bridge crew was a crew it was multiple characters and they started doing that stuff and I mean I liked it when that show kind of paired back the comedy and did the straight kind of action sci-fi type stuff it it felt like a bit like a TNG but a late night TNG is the way I'd describe the Orville it had that kind of TNG feel to it rather than more the original and I wonder if if somewhere in there there's been a bit of thinking in the background of like okay this show's doing 90s Trek so we've got to kind of do something that still makes it Trek but is pushing forwards, not looking yeah. back, um, which I think is what Discovery's doing or did quite a lot of in the first series. Was that we're not looking back at TNG or original series or Deep Space Nine? It's there and it's it's the history, but actually we're trying to be yeah a bit more forward thinking. Um, mm. But I mean, Yorville seems to be quite a big success, so I wonder if there's some yeah. thing in there that might influence what we see. I mean, the odd bit of news which we've heard from Star Trek Las Vegas was that they're redesigning the Klingons again, which is quite an odd one considering they made such a strong design choice in the first series and it was kind of casting aside, as you mentioned, TNG, Voyager, the original series. I, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think they might be doing that from a, from a, a practical point of view because that design, I think, was a bit... Uh, labour intensive in terms of doing makeup, and they had a lot of Klingons yeah. in that that show. So I think maybe if they they're having to balance budget against actor time and all the rest yeah. of it, they're going to want to pare that down to make it a little bit more practical in I mean, terms of Star makeup. Trek. So they're walking up with some complete pseudo science reason why the Klingons. Well, we are already know change, that the Klingons right? have got a history of messing about with their look, but also um, I think. I agree. I mean, the Klingons were so visually striking in season one, but it must it makes acting incredibly hard because you actually can't see enough of their faces. All you've got is the eyes to convey them. Yeah, and, and then and then obviously they're all speaking in Klingons, so it's like it's really actually difficult for you to connect with them as characters. So you have yeah. Laurel, who I think everybody was coming back. Yeah. Um, and you had Vogue and you had Takuma very, very briefly, but it was yeah. a case of like, they were just these sort of ciphers who were just spouting the, you know, the Klingon prophecies and it was hard to kind of really connect with them as characters. So I think what worked with the sort of 90s Klingons with the the forehead ridges, but then the rest yeah. of the face was clear is you got to really relate with them. You know, you, you had um, Worf and Balana and yeah. Martok and characters who you yeah. could absolutely... And Galvan, and like you had those actors where you saw their growth throughout the series as well. I mean, exactly. Yeah. starts off as just a very angry Klingon, and he's like becomes emperor at some point. So it's kind of a- exactly. And you I think you, you you need to if you're going to have Klingons around and, and keep the same Klingons around, you need to be able to connect with them as characters, and yeah. you need to be able to actually empathise with them and see those emotions. And that's mm-hmm. what DS Nine did. They had Klingons that had appeared in the original series as the more human looking Klingons. And yeah, they brought them back. Core and Kang, yeah, yes. and kind yeah. of, uh, and they had them with the, with, with the, the and then they just, ne- they just never addressed it. Well, they, yeah. they were just those characters, and that was the thing. And I think that's the uh, that's the thing I'm liking about discoveries. They go, yeah, it's it's happened. We're not going to address it. It's just the way things are. I mean, they did mention it originally in TNG, I think, because Worf says 
we don't talk about it when they try and explain the plot. And then when they did the um, when they did the trouble with triples and they time traveled back, yeah, um, yeah, uh, Klingon just uh, Wolf just said, yeah, yeah Klingons are different. We don't talk about why. No, no yes, yeah. very private. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's wrap this up. What is the one thing you would like back from the, from season two of Discovery? I'm looking at Phil for this. Um, I I would like Michael Burnham to have a bit more fun because yeah. she was so traumatized in season one. You know, she, she I think so we were much, all exhausted. So much her. happened yeah. to her. You know, she lost um, her captain and her mentor, and then the man that she fell in love with ended up being you know the enemy. Spoiler alert! Sorry. Um, so I, I would like to see just one or two episodes because uh, Sonika Martin Green is actually just like an incredibly like when you see the, the after track show that she's yeah. on, she's just so like la- smiley and happy and lovely. I thought it was going to have that when we had the dance episode and that turned into yes. a tiny episode. Yeah. And that's it. The, the, yes. The, the, oh my God. The episode with the party. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd love another crew party where, um, where Michael actually just lets her hair down and has fun. That's what yeah. I want. Keith? <sighs> it's, I just, I don't really want to wish for anything. I, I just want them to do it and in, entertain me. Because I think I'd, I'd, want, I'd want to wish for all the things perhaps they shouldn't do, like bring back Jason Isaacs or have more Michelle Yeoh than they See, should. that was going to be my choice. I'd like a Michelle Yeoh-focused episode, and that's yeah. it. None of, the crew, none of the rest of the Discovery crew... Just, just a Michelle Yeoh episode. Yeah. Well, what she's up to. There was yeah. a deleted scene, wasn't there? Yeah. Section, which, uh, section 31, which uh, yeah. I can't see because you can't access it in this country. Yeah. But yeah, you could just have... You could do a whole like web series spin-off of you know The Empress. Or it's an episode where the rest of the Discovery crew are frozen in time and mm. she has to go back and fix stuff and she doesn't actually interact with any of them. It's, it, like the frozen it's, too good yeah. a, it's too good a story and a character to just kind of leave behind. Yeah. And I like that they left it open that she will come back at some point, but you don't know when. Yeah. But, I this is the thing, yeah. again, spoilers from the first series. We've had someone who's been an emperor and ruled over the entire galaxy, cast aside, and now she's an outcast, and now she's running around with... In the backwards universe yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah, backwards universe to her with no support and no strength. But it's like, is that strength of will of her being an emperor going to carry through... And being recruited by the most shadowy organisation where she yeah. she can be as ruthless as she likes. I mean, yeah, and just, yeah, Michelle Yeoh was just... I, I, I the best things about Considering it, it felt like such a cheat having her... As the Emperor. Uh, as, well, no, it felt like a cheat having her as the captain and then be killed off at the very, very yeah. start. Um, but to then have it come back, it was that reveal was wonderful. And... Um, she was just so. She was. I mean, she was lovely as Philippa Giorgio. She was very yeah. likable, but as the Emperor, she was iconic. <laughs> I think the other thing I'd wish for is that we get curly-haired Tilly for a few episodes, but she gets some straighteners for Christmas. So we get a few. <laughs> we get a few straight-haired Tilly episodes as well. I mean, that was a look. That it was, was uh, very yeah. strong. Oh, oh, strong. when she had to become Captain Tilly and she yeah. had a straight blonde hair. That was yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, just. I, 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 I love her so much. Yeah, but yeah. it's a Michelle Yeoh-focused episode just as a one-off spit-off episode. I'd love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cool. Is that, uh, is that your wish then for to have that, a Michelle Yeoh? Wish, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, tweet us. Give us your opinion. What would you like to see in Star Trek Discovery Season 2? As you mentioned in the last segment, Keith, we're going to be looking forward a little bit in Star Trek. We have a new series, as yet untitled Star Trek series. Somebody who is well-known in the Star Trek franchise history is returning for this. 
You may know him as Professor X. It is Jean-Luc Picard. I am so pumped for this. Ever, so ever, ever since Discovery was first announced, yeah, and they said that it was going to be set in like the olden, olden days, I was annoyed because what I've always wanted since Voyager ended is What's more next? stories set in the yeah in that continuing timeline of you know sort of twenty fourth century. Where, where, you know, the Enterprise D and E and, and Deep Space Nine and Voyager have all happened. Mm-hmm. And to have Patrick Stewart finally say he's ready to come back to play that character again and to show this, you know, sort of new, older Picard. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm so ready for it. I mean, it's been 16 years. I mean, Captain Picard did actually have a proper send-off with all good things, I think. Oh, absolutely. And then obviously he had, like, what, four movies? Yeah. Yeah, so... He, he, yeah, I mean, that, that story you could have said was done. Yeah. But I just think it's really interesting that he's now is the time where he's ready to come back. And yeah, he, he wants to bring something new to that character. I just, I mean, we, we know very, very little about it at this I point, mean, other than he's he's going to be in it. That's about it. From his statement, he said, It is therefore an unexpected but delightful surprise to find myself excited and invigorated to be returning to Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions within him, seeking out new life for him when I thought that life was over. So, Keith, you're surmising from that. We might not be in the same timeline. It's curious, the wording. Yeah. He's exploring new dimensions. Because you kind of wonder, if it's a uh, Jean-Luc Picard show, where everybody will associate that with the Enterprise, with Riker, with Data, with with that whole ensemble cast that came from uh, Next Gen. So if you're going to separate Picard out... Yeah. What, what are you going to do with that? I mean, obviously you can explain away some of the crew being going to go other back places. To the Nexus? <laughs> well, this is the thing. He's a character that has had these experiences where yeah. he's lived other lives. Yeah. The Nexus I mean, some of the in best. Star Trek Generations, <laughs> The Inner Light. I mean, I mean The Inner Light is still yeah. one of the best episodes of TV ever um, made. So he's a character that's got this history of alternate versions of him. Just don't um, train four lights. Yeah. <laughs> And so they're they're going to have to bridge that. Riker has got a history of turning down ships, but in book form, he's on the Titan, I think, or something at the moment. So, I mean, Data's had many adventures off on his own as well. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. But if he's if he's not the captain of a starship, where where are they going to position him in the universe in order to tell interesting stories? Because Mm -hmm. he's got he's got to be. Somewhere, so whether they go down the kind of ambassador Spock route, and he's a he's a he's a an envoy or an ambassador, or we go back to the Delta Quadrant, or we're somewhere else where Picard is using his I mean um, history as a as a it might follow captain. the movies. So Admiral kick back to Captain, up to Admiral kick back to Captain. It was one of Kirk's thing was always like he never fit in that Admiral role. Yeah. He was always better commanding a ship because that's naturally where he was. I mean, I could see that happening with Picard a little bit. But I don't want to see that with Picard. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the strength of his character is his um, humanity. It's a real weird thing to say, and we can yeah. this. But that he was always that captain that looked for other options. He yeah. was he wasn't the Kirk. He was the anti-Kirk. Yeah, especially he was he was the diplomat. Yeah, whereas Kirk was the first person to punch. Picard was the first person to talk. Yeah. And it makes you wonder whether this will happen as repercussions of what happens in Discovery as well. Because if mm-hmm. they are set in the same timeline, universe, yeah. 
could it be that the Picard story is kicked off by events that happen mm-hmm. during a season of Discovery that somehow As Picard a gets caught time, up yeah. in some kind of mycelia network could thing? Michelle Yeoh and such that's because that's the other thing as well is that TNG never went to the mirror universe no in its in its regular run most of the other um, I mean, there's been a few did. books about it I think and a few comic books but yeah they've had a few comic ones there was a, a broken mirror series recently yeah. through IDW but it could be that I mean it, it's somehow it's got to connect somehow to to what's happening in discovery there's got to be some connective tissue between mm-hmm. the events of that show I mean, and, and a new Picard show. he hasn't been confirmed as a the front man of the show at all. He's just being said he's returning as Captain Picard. So, or he's returning as Jean-Luc Picard, very clear, very clearly stated. So we have no history about if he's a captain or anything or what is going on with him. So I think he's not going to be the main focus. I think he's best as you kind of Michelle Yeoh character has been in Discovery. Use him as a few episodes. He, he's, he's, I don't think the show should focus around him, but he's going to be a very nice seasoning to add to that show. Admiral Picard teaching at the Academy, and it's like the Star Trek version of Breakfast Club. That, yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah, or he has to do the milk run, and he's got a ship full of cadets or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, you, you could, I mean, you could drop Patrick Stewart into any kind of fictional scenario, and he would just act his chops off, and it would be amazing to mm-hmm. watch. Um, so yeah, but um, considering what an amazing job um, CBS did with. Discovery season one, and and I I I'm going to trust them, and I'm going to trust Patrick Stewart to get the character right, and I'm yeah. just going to sit back and enjoy it when it when it eventually comes to our screens. Yeah, as so my hope is, he's not going to be the main focus. I think that would be wise because it would invite too many direct comparisons with the Next Generation, which was yeah. you know, it's a twenty year old TV show, and you want to be telling a new story. So yeah, have and I, have him as like passing the baton. I kind don't of think thing. Patrick Stewart would come back for that either. Well, no, because it's been done. He did it for seven yeah. years, yeah. Um, I mean, he hated his first two seasons on Star Trek. It was kind of like he didn't want to be typecast forever as a Star Trek captain. He thought that was the danger he was going to fall into, that he will always just be Picard. He'd never get any roles past it. Mm. It's the issue, because he looked at William Shatner's career and he thought, well, this is going to happen to me. It's whatever I do, I will still be Captain Picard. So it is interesting to see him return. But I think... He's realised from a lot of the fan conventions and beating people is TNG had a lot of impact on a lot of people's lives and I don't think he realised at the time how much impact TNG was making. You know what it reminds me of? It's a bit like Sarah Michelle Gellar after Buffy would not even talk about that show for a good few years and she didn't really have much to do with the fandom or anything. Mm -hmm. And then they had the 20th anniversary recently and you can tell she's at a point now where she's actually... She's realizing and open to acknowledging what a positive impact it had, yeah. and she's actually kind of embracing that character again. And I think, as an actor, you can understand why you wouldn't want to be typecasting yeah. one thing. I mean, but Chris Eccleston's you... a perfect example with Doctor Who. Yeah, he was like one series, and I'm gone, and he was forced back into doing one more series, and it's kind of like that—that's his thing. He's always he does one thing and he moves on. Yeah, and that's I think that's what a bit like Jean Luc. God, or Patrick Stewart was sorry back in that time it was like I want to do that bit and then move on with my career and move to something else the actual show must be further along in development than they're letting on yeah because I can't believe for a second that Patrick Stewart has signed on to something where somebody's gone we want to do a non we don't want to do a new John Luke Picard series do you want in 
yeah. think they must know more about what that story is going to be. They will have pitched a very, very um, specific idea to him. I think, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of like the um, in the Voyager finale as well when it's Admiral Janeway and she sort of goes a bit rogue and just she's off doing her own thing. I yeah, like, I, like, yeah, something like that. I mean, it does worry me a little bit because they had that stage in Star Trek they bit off a bit more than you because you had DS9 running, you had Voyager running, you had Enterprise in pre-production, and you had the TNG movies all running at the same time. Yeah, and it's kind of like you're throwing too much stuff at this here. And the quality code. was varying wildly. Yeah. But I think if they keep it to two series running concurrently, I'd be happy with that. I think that worked very well because you had the Enterprise DS9 crossover period and DS9 Voyager crossover period where they managed it quite well. Yeah, I, 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 and I think again, yeah, we're in a different era of TV where yeah. they can manage that. And these are limited run series. It's not like where TNG was twenty four to twenty six episode seasons yeah. from start to finish. And I think Voyager and DS9 were pretty much the same thing. Enterprise yeah. was like where it started to go limited run towards the end of its run. Qual- yeah, it's definitely it's, it's going to be a quality, not quantity thing. They're not going to be cranking out twenty five hours of television per per season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm I am very curious um, and I'm optimistic that they're gonna they're gonna do that character justice. Yeah, Keith, any final thoughts? I'm just looking forward to it. I think uh, if they do with this what they've done with Discovery, yeah. I'm on board for the at least the first season I mean having extra Star Trek is never a bad thing does it? I mean this is the thing I, I I'm just very happy that we were back in a period where we have Star Trek on our TV screens Trekking a little closer to home oh that's a good link there uh, thank you <laughs> I think that was worthy of my usual punning Destination Star Trek is back at the NEC on the 19th to 21st of October 2018 <laughs> And they're celebrating 25 years of DS9, which just instantly made me feel old as soon as I saw that. I, yeah, so I recently finished a rewatch of Deep Space Nine, um, and I hadn't realised that it came out when I was five years old. <laughs> it's still well, one some of the hairdos and shoulder pads, that explains a lot. It, it was one of the series when I was growing up that I, I struggled with to start off with, I think. DS9 because the first couple of series are a slog it's at the until season, they get like the Defiant basically when you get the Defiant and the Dominion at the start of season 3 that's yeah. when you know it all starts to kick off yeah it's when Cisco gets a beard his yes. beards are good it's a bit like yeah it's, it's the whole like it's, when Riker grows a beard when he grows the beard and he shaves <laughs> his happens. hair it's, but it's the same with Voyager it gets good when Janeway cuts her hair you know it's, there's always that moment of yeah Cisco shaves his head grows a beard and that is when it's like it's all action all the time from then on but it was great to see that he finally had a chance to act because it was kind of this starship character in, in the middle of a war struggling with doing what's right with doing what will Wait, win the war and, and that Avery was... Brooks can he that man can act oh my god he's so intense because it took me a few seasons to get over the fact that I remembered him from a, another TV series where he was, yeah. was it Robert Ulrich and he played Hawk he was like yeah. a super fly uh, guy and I was like for the first two seasons I couldn't see past it it was like oh yeah. that's terrible he was actually in the original version of 12 Years a Slave which was a miniseries as well oh. Unfortunately, he's not at Star Trek Destination yet, so he's not confirmed. He might be. Oh, come on, Avery. Yes. Come, come and see us. But shall we go through who's confirmed so far? Come on, come on, come on. So we have Nichelle Nichols. Iconic. Uh, awesome. Iconic. Amazing. William Shatner. Who's that? 
Rings a bell. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Boston. He was in Boston Legal with. Uh... <laughs> yes. He, he was T.J. Hooker. Hooker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. May know him from that. Jason Isaacs. I imagine they might be seeing him at opposite ends of the guest signing tables for some strange reason. Oh, I, I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kate Morgan. Oh, I love her so much. Catherine Hepburn in Spain. I just love her so much. <laughs> Jane Brooke. So that's Admiral Cornwell, is that right? Yes. From, from Discovery. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Jerry Ryan. Okay, yeah, lovely. Uh, Gates McFadden. Well, we have the same birthday. Yes. And I, I know that I share Red this. Every, together. I know that we share this. I share this all the time. But she was also before she was on uh, the Next Generation. She was the choreographer on Labyrinth with David Bowie because mm-hmm. uh-huh. she's yeah. a trained dancer. Yes. As you can see in Data's Day when she does tap dancing. Yes. Uh, great to see some people from Star Trek Discovery as well coming in as Kenneth Mitchell. So he was Tukufma or Vok or... I think he was Tukufma. Tukufma, yeah. Not too sure, yeah. He was Tukufma. Uh, Mary Chefo. Okay. Sad. Oh, she was Laurel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joining the Klingon family, it's Michael Dorr. Nice. Of course. Uh, Jonathan Del Arco, who people might remember as the Borg with individuality. Hugh. Hugh. Camille Saviola. Kai Parker, Kai Parker. Yes, the the most hated character from DS9. No, no, that was Kai Wynn. Oh, that was Kai Wynn. No, sorry. Kai Parker was the nice. Oh, one. I she apologize. was like she was like the Pope, uh, yeah. like John Paul compared to uh, the, the <laughs> Kai Wynn's Benedict. <laughs> that was the best analogy ever. <laughs> yes, I apologise, Camille Saviola. I do love you, uh, Nana Vista. I love her so the much. Team. I. I had not realised until I rewatched what an amazing actress she is and what an amazing character she is. Yeah. I, I love I love Kira. Marina Sirtis. I'm sensing She might come for a football match, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> She's sensing something that doesn't give anything away. Yes. Armin Shimmerman Quark. And Yay. apparently according to the page he will be doing at least one day in full costume and makeup for photos. So if you want your picture with Quark. Put your gold press lapping them down right now. Yep. <laughs> Make get... sure. Oh, he's just, he's brilliant. I love yes. him. Yes. Sunita Henry, who you may remember from the Star Trek movie. She played the Doctor when uh, good old Mr. James T. Kirk was being born. Oh. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Andrew Robinson. Hey, nice one. Garrick. I love him. One of the best characters in DS. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Farrell. Cool, yeah. Jadzia Dax yes. herself. Beautiful. We got she both. Not, she, and she's married to Spock's son in real life. Uh, yes. Adam, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we've got both taxes actually. So we have Nicole de Burr as well. Nice. Sorry. Aww, yes. Sweet. He's still. Walter <laughs> Koenig is going to be here. Not the with, nuclear vessels. Not with nuclear vessels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, René Aubergenois. Okay. Who is one of the few actors who was in original Star Trek in the films and in DS9. He was in The Undiscovered Country, I remember. Yes. Yeah. He was an admiral. Uh, Sirop Lofton. Cool, Jake. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Aaron Eisenberg. Oh, um, he was Nog, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Max Grudenchik, who we spoke to the last Max time. Grudenchik. He was a lovely. He was lovely awesome, wasn't he? Champion. He was so charming. Yeah. And you can actually have a friend family portrait as well. Is- hey. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so on nineteenth twenty first, we went last time, didn't we, Keith? Yeah, it was about be two years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, two it was years. The- it was the fourth. 50th anniversary, 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yes. 
Yeah. But, I mean, there's always fun stuff. I mean, you saw loads and loads of props from the original show. We had pictures taken. Uh, we, we got, got transported, didn't we? We, yes. were, we were put through the transporter. Everything was okay. I've, mm. I've, I think I've got all my bits. We got to speak to the lovely Greg Grunberg as well. We did. Yes. Who, who compared you to himself. He yes. Was, he uh, <laughs> literally said you were his stunt double. Or could be his stunt double. <laughs> but it's, it's always a fun day. I mean... You, you're not really going to get these level of Star Trek people around very often. Yeah, when conventions. we're talking about 50th and 25th anniversaries, it's kind of... I mean, it's sad to say that we're getting to the point where some of these performers probably aren't too keen on trekking halfway across the world to um, see mm-hmm. us. So I think it's um, it's a good opportunity to kind of yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have, see these people. To have life. Kirk and Uhura and Janeway and then so many of the other big, big stars, that's fantastic. Yeah, we were yeah. kind of lucky last time because we also had uh, George Takai was there as well, oh. uh, which was nice. So we, we had that, well, there was a there was a yeah. wonderful photo opportunity where they Lee. had. Yeah, they had the whole. I we, always um, forget he was in. The, is it, was it Search for Spock? He was Spock. Yeah. yeah, he was a nasty Klingon. Yeah, and there were there a lot of them. Not not to you know racially profile or anything, but they killed my son. Sorry, <laughs> I never trust the Klingons. But you know they turned it around. Yeah, and. Um, they know peaceful coexistence mm-hmm. between the Klingons and. I mean, we are mentioning it a little bit early because tickets usually do sell out quite quick, but there's usually a raft of guest announcements coming up. I, I yeah. assume this list will expand quite considerably in the near future. So, uh, what I would recommend you do is follow them on Twitter. That's where all the announcements usually go, and it is Star Trek underscore DST. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. It's usually announced a guest every few weeks on there. I mean, they've already had the Dortmund Germany one, which looked amazing. But it's fun to have them come to our neck of the woods. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they go heavy on the DS9 stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping DS9 and a lot more Discovery as well. I mean, having Jason Isaacs is amazing to start off with. I mean, mean, he's a big star, even outside of Star Trek. He is just, like, a good good guess. I mean, okay, two guests each. Who would you pick? Who would you like to see who's not on the list at the minute? Oh. Um, oh, Avery Brooks. Typical. Um, and, oh, oh, and Cindy Cromartin Green. Mm-hmm. Keith? Um, oh, no, uh, can I change mine? Um, Avery Brooks and uh, Doug Jones. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> Keith, go on, um, two others. Well, yeah, well, Sil- Sylvia Tilly would be nice. Mm-hmm. And, um... Uh, um, LeVar Burton. Oh, nice. that'd be kind of cool. I would like Jonathan Frakes because he'd be uh, great to hear from the directing side as well. Cause he's yeah. done a lot of Star Trek direction, including some of the movies. I'd take my own chair for him to do the Riker maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> and my other pick would be Michelle Yeoh. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Good shout. So, make that happen, Star Trek Destination. Get those six people on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It would be great to see some extra names pop up. Um, How many days have we got? Uh, it is the 19th to 21st of October, so... Three days. Yeah. That's not long enough to get all of these people nah. in, really. Nah. Make it longer. Do a whole Just week. Make it, it so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Brothy podcast this week. Mr. Ellis, where can we find you when you're not on the podcast? You can find me propping up a bar somewhere... 
Um, or alternatively, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look for the man with the ginger beard and the blue tick. And where are your bylines at the minute? Uh, so, bylines at the moment, I'm working with Man Repeller, with Style Birmingham and MTV. Some really cool stuff that you've got on there, isn't it? Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Keith, where can we find you when not on the Geek Brewing podcast? You can find me uh, wandering around Destiny and No Man's Sky, looking at all the things I should probably shouldn't be and not getting on with the missions. Not Nostalgia and Comics? I will be at Nostalgia and Comics, uh, but I... Um, well, I can be there for your recommendations. But you can catch me on Wednesdays on the Geeky Bummy website where I pop up my uh, picks of the week. Um, you can agree, disagree, but usually there's something worth reading in there. Uh, and then, yeah, just on the internet as hardluck underscore hotel uh, or without the underscore. Yeah, try, try them out. See Depending which one you your get. social media of choice. Yeah, on your social media. Yeah, it's, it's just not the duck, duck, duck. <laughs> Captain Duke, the Count Duckula episode, which you would also get if you look hard at Hotel. You can find Guy Halford unpacking his Tesco shopping currently. He'll be covered in wagon wheels and non jammy ones. Own brand cola and ketchup and pita breads. But you can it's also... like nine and a half weeks, but just guy with these shopping bags on the floor. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I get that reference and I wish I did it. <laughs> you can usually find him showing off his record collection online on Instagram at VinylGuyHate or on Twitter at Guy underscore Halford. You can also find Cannon Danes currently staring at the sea longingly waiting to return to Birmingham at Danes Radio. I think everywhere now. I think he's probably finally unified his Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Nate Crowley when he's not here. A lovely friend of the show. Yes. Who we miss very much. At Frog Crowley. He's currently showing off his beautiful new daughter, Thalassa, or Tally, as him and his lovely wife, which is Glitter underscore Brawl, I believe. Uh, yes. 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 You can find them both on Twitter. They do some really good stuff. We're very happy for both of you. Yes. And you can also find a friend of the show, Graham Woods, at Jaws 19 show, when he's not faffing around. Running everywhere. Chasing you upstairs for no apparent mm. reason. Still tired after that. Still tired. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. You can find me. Sorry. Sorry, that's peaceful. That's great. No, no pun. No, 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 no terrible no, joke. No gag this week. No, no gag this week. You can find me at Ryan Parish, which is my personal <laughs> You can find you shoving crabs down your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me on my personal Twitter at Ryan Parish, or you can find me at my foodie blog, which is Ruby Gourmand. And you're making a return to the yes. food blogging scene, aren't you? I'm doing one a month at the minute until stuff in personal life gets out. Just not there, in any seafood restaurants. Not in seafood restaurants. If I see that you've gone to a seafood restaurant, I'm going to be uh, checking the headlines. Yes, because I know I know that you, you know you've, you've got it's in your head now. You might not be able I've to got resist. previous. Yeah. <laughs> Spreading out with two spider crabs. <laughs> You'll be scuttling out sideways. <laughs> like a Zoidberg. <laughs> you can find us all in the week on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Yowchaub, all at Geeky Brummy. G W K Y B R U W M I E. You can find us on the Geeky Brummy website as well, geekybrummy.com. You can throw a few articles up there. But pretty much that's it for now. So bye, everybody. Bye. Cheerio, folks. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.